0: Well, hello and welcome to Small Town Big Business, a podcast about doing big business in small towns in rural America. I'm your host, Allison Hassler. Russ Williams is not with us today and he will be back very soon for our next go around. And the location and where we are today is the Citadel Building on Tower Square Plaza in Mariana, Illinois. We'd like to thank our sponsors for being able to support our podcast. And they are Fowler Heating and Cooling, Arcadia Wealth Management, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, Swinford Media Group. Big shout out to Luke O'Neill, founder of Union Street Arts, that is behind the scenes taking care of our podcast today. So you can join the small town big business community anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you subscribe, you will not miss upcoming episodes that are released every two weeks. So if you're new to our podcast, we interview successful business owners and founders and find out why they thrive in small towns. And today I am so excited because Sarah and I have been trying to get together for a very long time, one-on-one, so I'm very excited to interview Ms. Sarah Garcia of Salon Freedom welcome sarah i am so glad that we finally got to meet each other i am so excited to meet with you today so
1: excited thanks for having me yeah
0: so i want to know in a nutshell what is salon freedom and then we'll back up to where this all started
1: yes so salon freedom is two things one it is a salon coaching business and the other one is a ce provider so continuing education for hairdressers Okay. I had to jump through um to get licensed through the state to be able to offer hairdressers continuing education for southern
0: illinois okay so yeah. let's let's back up because i am not in the hairdresser world we talked about that and kidded about my hair and <laughs> lack of lack of knowledge on what to do with hair and all the things so if you were wanting to go into a salon business or you wanted to become a beautician. What is the correct term for a beautician now licensed
1: cosmetologist okay
0: so if you are interested in becoming a licensed cosmetologist there are certain things called ceus right yes, so yes. can you explain to our listeners a little bit about going into this industry as a whole and then we can kind of bring that back to what you do for yeah, them for sure the easiest way i explain
1: it is just like nurses and doctors and other professions Um, people have to have continuing education hours to maintain their license. So hairdressers are no different. Um, The state of Illinois requires that we have 14 hours every two years. If it's okay with you, I'd like to back up to tell you a little bit of my journey as a hairdresser because it's kind of different. Please, that is is my most exciting part is the origin story. So let us have it. So I have like three origin stories. So I'll start with the first one. I don't even know if that's possible, but here we go. My dad, a long time ago, brought home a newspaper and it had an article and it was a St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And it had an article and it said, do you want a working holiday? And he's like, Sarah Joe, you should check this out. And I'm like, okay, what is this? I went online and it was like working on a cruise ship. And I was already a licensed Ooh. cosmetologist at the time. I was working at a franchise, but I knew all I wanted to do was get out of my small town. So, I'll, I'll circle back, I promise. Okay. <laughs> so, I apply. The company was called Steiner. They employ all cruise ships in the spa. So, in the spa and salon. So, I apply, and the same week I get the letter for SIU to continue on to my bachelor's, I get a call for an interview with a cruise ship. It's Norwegian Cruise Lines. So, they say, can you fly Ooh, out? Norwegian is a nice yeah. cruise line,
0: too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: So I get the call and they're, they're like, can you fly down to Miami, Florida, bring a model and compete with a couple hundred hairdressers? And I'm like, absolutely. So I bring my mom, which looking back, maybe that wasn't the best person. I love my mother, <laughs> but she already thinks I'm amazing every, all the time. So when we get into the room, we have to do this blow dry and half of the head we have to do, or half the hair we have to do straight, half the hair we have to do big. And my mom the whole time is like, you're so amazing. And I'm like, mom, I know you think I'm amazing. (laughs) But you have to talk to me like a client. Like we're supposed to be a real life conversation of like, if you were to come into the salon. So I remember very distinctly that, you know, a diffuser that fits on top of your blow dryer. I knocked it off and it like bounced all the way across the room. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just ruined my interview. Like I'm not going to get the job because I dropped my freaking diffuser across the room. (laughs) And it was so loud. So... After that, um, after we did the blow dry, you had to stand up and do a five-minute speech on why you think that you deserve the job.
0: So let me help paint this picture. Is are the judges, are there a panel of judges watching just you during this time frame?
1: There's three ladies walking around that's from the UK with clipboards on their hands, taking notes of every single thing that you do. Oh wow. Yeah. Talk about nervous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say so. Okay.
1: And then, so, and you know, this was when I, I probably, I was 20 at the time of the interview, so I was young, you know? Yeah. So I this five-minute speech or presentation that I was supposed to do, I just got up there and I was like, I'm Sarah from Pinckneyville, Illinois, and I'm super awesome and you should hire me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally not going to get the job. So I go home, I can't sleep, and they said they'll call us, you know, in 14 days if you got the job or not. I remember that Saturday, and this was still my mom and dad had a landline. So I was at mm-hmm. their house. The phone rings, and it's you know on the other end. She's like, "Sarah, um, are you ready to meet your ship in Hawaii on Saturday?" And I was like, "Oh my God, yeah!"
0: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: congratulations! Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Yes. So my heart was beating fast. This was like, oh my gosh, I this is my ticket out of my small town. So, I took the job because I was really contemplating. I'm like, do I go back to school? Do I travel the world? My dad's like, man, you can always go back to school, but you may not get this chance to travel again. So I flew to Hawaii, nine and a half hours away from my little bitty town and started on Norwegian cruise lines. And I ended up doing, in a nutshell, um, three contracts. So when you're a U.S. citizen, you have to do two um, U.S. contracts before you can go international. So I did two stints in Hawaii, and then my third one was um, South America.
0: Wow. And are yeah. those contracts year-long contracts? Eight-month. Eight-month contracts. Yep. Okay. So wow. my
1: first ship was Pride of Aloha. My second ship was Pride of America. And then my third ship was called the MV Explorer. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. So looking back, I wasn't really exposed to different cultures or anything. Like, I, you know, not saying that my parents didn't take me on vacation or try sure. to expose me to different things, but if you can imagine, you know, growing up in a town of 2,500 to a crew of 2,500 yeah. and 1,000 passengers, I'm like, you guys, this ship is as big as my hometown. Yeah. And so the people that I was working with they're like, where are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, Southern Illinois. They're like, or First, you, you know, when you're from yeah. Illinois, they, they say Chicago. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm further south. And they're yeah. like, yeah, you're from the country, aren't you? And I'm like, no. They're like, what's your middle name? I'm like, Sarah Jo.
0: <laughs> I'm like, kind of maybe like, I am yeah. from the country. Sam of <laughs> approval, you are from the country. Yes, yes. <laughs> so- well, we're cut from the same cloth. I also grew up in a town of about 20... 20- uh, thirty two hundred when I was very small, and now dwindling to about twenty eight hundred. Oh yes. So yeah, very much so the same, yeah. same small town, and understanding that yes. completely. Yes.
1: Yes. I feel like that time I learned a lot about myself, you yeah. know, um, and other people, <laughs> for sure. And I remember thinking like. I always said when I left everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, you got the job." And I was like, "Mark my words, I will never be back to Pinkneyville." And after my contract, I actually moved to Fort Collins, Colorado for a little bit, and then I moved back to Pinkneyville and opened my business. And I'm like, I always said I would never return, but I think that, you know, sometimes it takes leaving to appreciate where yeah. you come from. Yes. And now I'm like, "Oh my gosh. I you don't realize how awesome a small town is because I can leave my car running and go into the grocery store. Yeah, no one's going to steal my car. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely it's low crime.
0: I, it's safe. I love it. You are our ideal client or ideal business owner that uh, I I just cherish interviewing because you have experienced beyond small town. Yes. And you came back to small town to make a very big, successful business. Yes. And that is very exciting to me because you've experienced both worlds. And uh, tell us a little bit about your Fort Collins experience.
1: Yes. So
0: So, um, (laughs) I did it. I moved
1: in with my friend. So I met a girl on the cruise ship who we became best friends. And if you can paint the picture of a cruise ship... You eat, you sleep, and you live with the same people you work with. And it's, yeah. you know, 16-hour shift, so you really yeah. have to like your roommate because yeah. you're going to spend a lot of time. And I remember other people in the spa thinking, like, aren't you guys sick of each other? And we're like, no. We were the same age. We yeah. both came from smaller towns, and we just became best buds. So after the third contract, she's like, you should move to Colorado. Um, and we can live in my sister's apartment like she's going she took another job I was like okay let's try it and I remember we were in a one-bedroom apartment and our rent was almost two grand Ooh, and oh my goodness that was however many years ago you know I was yeah. like 23 22 23 something around there so I was like oh my gosh the cost oh of living Is so expensive. Yeah, you're on a ramen noodle
0: budget. I was getting (laughs) ready to say, I have
1: never, I will never eat ramen noodles again.
0: I I've been there. I remember in college. Yeah, that was like, I would, I don't think I would ever buy stovetop (laughs) anything. Chicken shrimp It doesn't. They all start
1: tasting the same after a while. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I when I was living in Fort Collins, I remember sketching out like my dream salon. Like what if I went back to my hometown and opened a salon and then I could give the experience because I remember as a kid when I would get my hair cut, I always left wet. Like no one mm-hmm. ever did a blow dry on me. Not in probably looking back if I would have asked she would have, but it was yeah. just kind of like, you sure. know, not
0: part of the process. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I could come back to my hometown and give, like, big city service to my people. Yeah. So I opened Sure Attitude on the square in Pinckneyville, and um, the first year was just by myself, and then I started to hire people and then get a team yeah. and start running. I started making a lot of mistakes.
0: Sure. <laughs>
1: growing pain. We were just yeah. talking about growing pains. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I remember looking at one of the questions, it's like, what would you tell yourself you know, when you first started a business? And I'm like, oh man, I should have taken more leadership classes because I was young and it was like, my way or the highway, yeah. my vision, what I wanted. And there were girls that came along and I was like, well, if you don't fit the vision of the company, yada, 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 mm-hmm. it was just
0: kind of like, well, out the door. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, I should have I done things different. Yeah. You know, I'm still learning that myself is that there are so many coachable opportunities yes. if you put in the coaching heart. And it's taken me a long time to learn that. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, think it's either you have it or you don't. And yeah. I'm looking for the people that have it. And, and that's not really the case. I would much rather have a trustworthy, loyal person that is coachable, that I need to take the time to coach and, you know, to be able to provide what I'm looking for than to have somebody that has all the tasks but, you know, may not have the right personality, right customer service, you know, naturally and things like that. So I totally understand that. (laughs) So the dream casting started when you were in Fort Collins. Yes. For that's, sure. That's really cool. And when you were dreamcasting this idea of a salon service that you owned, was there any other op- option for you besides coming back to your hometown to do it?
1: This is what I've learned through lots of therapy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: Is, yeah. I think that my parents have. I've done a fantastic job somehow I won the lottery with my parents and I think that they have showed me so much love and understanding that I literally I think I still think that I can do anything so when I was choosing options I'm like where do I want to go should I go to California should I go to Oregon I've never been there I could open a salon there and I was like no I think that my calling was to go back home and really give a good service to my community.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So congratulations on the salon itself, but that has actually been an origin story for your next yes. business. So let's talk about that and that transition So, yes. and what you're doing now. So the origin story for my new business, I was still
1: running the salon at the time. Um, A local cosmetology school, SIC in Harrisburg, they said, hey, um, would you like to do a little segment and teach on stage of financial literacy? I was like, I would love to. Mm -hmm. It was just for hairdressers. I was kind of dabbling. Um, I had a friend in the finance world, and so I started learning more and more about it. After I got off stage... Um, this little lady came up to me, little sweet white haired lady. And she said, "Hun, I wish I would have met you 30 years ago.
0: And I'm Aww. like,
1: oh my gosh, like, awesome. Tell me more. Like why? Yeah. You know? She said, I'm still working behind the chair at 82. Oh my still goodness. has credit card balances. And she's still supporting grandchildren through college. And I'm like, first <sighs> off, Cut those grandchildren yeah. off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let right. me coach you. But I'm like, oh man, I'm 36 and my ring finger and my pinky are going numb at night because I've been cutting hair. I've been a licensed cosmetologist for 18 years. I know I can't keep the same pace and continue yeah. my job.
0: Sure. So after I, met I always, I always wonder that about um, your line of work with cosmetology and massage therapists. Like, yes. My hands are wore out after given a, my child or my husband a background yeah. I'm like how can people do this full time? This is yes. a lot of physical work on your hands. So anyway go ahead yes yes <laughs> your feet
1: you're standing all day yeah. you know a lot of hairdressers have rotator cuff you know from yeah. like monotonous activity. So after I met her, I went home and I'm like, oh my gosh I need to like do something about this. At the time, one of my girls came up to me and said, Sarah, I know that you know, you're know you trying to transition away from the salon, do you think I could run it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think everything's <laughs> falling into place. So I took her and her family to this business conference and she was interested in buying my salon. And after the conference, she was like, I, I think I can do this. I'm like, I know you can do this. You got this. So we were going to create a shareholder. But at the time, my CPA was like, don't even mess with all that. You're going to have to change your structure. If she's going to buy it, let's just do a business valuation and then go from there. Yeah. So that's what we did. And so I sold my salon company December 27th of 2021, last year. In the meantime of Taylor buying, purchasing my business... Uh, we got shut down for COVID. Mm. So March 21st, I'll never forget, they shut my salon down. But at the time, to be honest, I was so burnt out, I was ready for a break. So yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... I can use this time to form my LLC for Salon Freedom, start a coaching business to make sure no hairdresser works until they're 80, unless yeah. they want to, and right. they love the trade, versus working because they financially have to. Right. So in that time... I called my CPA and said, hey, I want to do this. She's like, oh, Lord, because she knows me. (laughs) She's like, you're starting another new business. I'm like, I am. And then so after the shutdown, we, you know, a couple months later, we opened back up. And then um, I was still... Same thing, I kind of put Salon Freedom on the back burner because I was still running a team. At the time, we had nine employees and coaching her to take over the business. It took a lot of effort, energy, a lot of coaching, mentoring. And then towards closer to Christmas, I took November and December off to let her run the business. And that's when I started working on Salon Freedom. So really, Salon Freedom was born in 2020, Uh but I didn't form the LLC until a little bit later so I could really focus on it. So after I sold the salon, now I'm like, okay, now I can really focus on my coaching business and offering CE classes for hairdressers.
0: Wow, okay, so let me ask some questions and they may sound very elementary, especially for people that are in the industry. So how does your consulting business, Salon Freedom, how does that work? Is that one-on-one coaching, uh, specifically for licensed cosmetologists? or do you do workshops? Is it online? Are you doing all the things? Yeah. So how does that work? If somebody is listening right now and saying, man, I could use some coaching, like very specific industry-based coaching. And it's somebody that I trust because it's local. She understands the nuances of whether it's rural countryside or it's because it's Southern Illinois. How does that work for that yes. client?
1: So I'm so glad you asked because um, I started with two different ways. First one was one-on-one coaching. I would charge per hour, mm-hmm. so I would either do Zoom or in person, whatever they prefer. The second would be an in-salon visit. So I charge same thing. It's like a package deal. I would go into the salon, and it's four hours of coaching, and they could either do one-on-one or I can um, meet with their team and do personal development meetings too, like strategy sessions sure. to help them become more profitable. Or same thing, if the team of hairdressers, if, if no one has any type of retirement set up, I would go in and say, okay, let's look at your budget. Let's set a certain amount, certain amount. This is what you can afford to put it aside. And then I would pass on to a financial advisor on the back end to get her started with a Roth IRA or traditional or whatever type of plan that they yeah. wanted. But to back up, I listen to Jenna Kutcher all the time. I don't know if you know her podcast. I love her. She's an entrepreneur. She's got like millions of followers.
0: No, but I'm going to write that name down because I love my podcast. Yes.
1: (laughs) She said something to me and I really thought about it. And she said, you know, I was tired. She ran a photography business and she said, I'm tired of trading time for money. Mm -hmm. So I just taught this class on the west side of chicago and there was 22 people they hired salon freedom hired me to go in and teach a financial class for their employees and i remember typing out this email and i was going to offer like a three package deal like a strategy session and do like an exclusive offer and i deleted everything and i'm like am i really in the position to be turning my business right now probably not but I'm like, how, how can I not trade time for money? Because I, I don't want to get burnt out like I did before. Sure. So I remember talking to one of my marketing friends, and um, they were like, you know, they said, what happens when you get so on demand with your in-person again? There's only one yeah. of you. And I would say, I'm going to hire a team. They said, no. What about passive income? What about making money while you're sleeping? And I'm like, yes, I want to do that.
0: Yes. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I'm working on framework for digital courses so that way I can launch it and maybe do like once a month and still have community meetings or Mm -hmm. host something and then in the meantime I can create digital courses and one thing that I think a lot of stylists ask me is you know when when are you ready to open your own salon and I thought oh my gosh I could totally do a video on that like here's a checklist this is what you need to have and this is when you're ready you know, so I have all these big plans plans for digital courses. So, um, wow. Luke, I need to talk to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, so I listen to a lot of different podcasts where they have the different digital subscriptions, where yes. they have dig- digital workshops. And it is it feels still very much one-on-one because not only are you listening to them, Talk to you through the checklist and the things, yes. regardless of industry. Uh, but then they do also have those community forums, whether it's on Facebook or Microsoft Teams or wherever that position lies with that community. And they seem to work so well. Uh, you know, I'm in a, a mastermind myself for my specific industry, so uh, I can see how that. You know, we call it passive income. Uh, there's a lot of front loading because yes. you're, you know, you're building out those workshops and those different tracks. You know, you may have somebody that's just starting out, just finishing cosmetology, and exactly. knows they want to work for themselves, or you may have somebody that's in that middle age that's starting to think about what that sunsetting looks like, yep. and uh, there's a track for that. And then you have those that are, you know, in their yep. retirement years thinking there's no way to get out that there's a track for that. So I can see how, so how beneficial that this could be. And I would assume that there's probably not a lot out there that are doing that in your specific industry. And that's really exciting. Yes. Yes.
1: I remember um, I was doing some coaching with a small business development center and every single person that was on the team were like, Sarah, you have something big here. You get that, right? You already have your niche. You have an audience. You know, you have this great business. There's a need. I remember um, this last conference that I put on, I had a survey afterwards, and it said that 56, this was out of 600 hairdressers, that 56% had no retirement at all. And I'm like, 56%. Holy crap. And then another survey, it said... Um, I asked them, you know, at what age would you like to retire? And almost seventy-eight percent said fifty to fifty-five. And I'm like, so there's this gap of, yeah, yeah I'm gonna Those retire. Those numbers at don't make sense <laughs> no, no. at all. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm gonna fill the gap. Like yeah. this is what you have to do, and the earlier you start, the the better off your future looks, but. Still, I'll meet you where you're at. You know, if you're a seasoned stylist and you're just now thinking of it, or if maybe someone went through a divorce and has to start all over again, you know, and a a seasoned stylist, I can meet them where they're at and help them for their future.
0: It makes me very curious to know if those same numbers are very much in line across multiple industries of small business owners, because I could I could see that being the case where most small business owners aren't thinking about retirement. They don't have, you know, because they don't have a 401k, they don't think about investing in a Roth or an IRA. Yes. um, Because that does take a little bit of extra effort on your end to to get that initiated. For sure. Um, And then that hope to retire at a certain age. And yeah, those numbers don't work if you aren't yep. ready for it and yes. you haven't been preparing. So I wonder if those numbers are very similar across multiple industries. Yes, yes, for sure.
1: My next thing I have on my notes here, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to tell this story. And it please, kind please of, do. it goes back. And I think that you can relate because <laughs> <laughs> of the morning that you've had. So. <laughs> Oh,
0: um, I'm sure I can.
1: <laughs> so I think that entrepreneurs will like this story. So I hosted an event last year outside of St. Louis, like in the Collinsville and Maryville area, and I had 100 hairdressers. And same thing, the state requires you to do a survey afterwards. Mm-hmm. After I got the surveys, 99 of the surveys were amazing, one tore me a new one. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not talking a little bit, I'm talking of a novel. Yeah. And I'll never forget her words. And the very last sentence was For that price you charged, the least you could have done is offer us bagels in the morning.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Right through the heart. (laughs) Yes. Come on. So I'm like, oh man, why is it so easy? Like why as humans, why can't we just take 99 wins? But guess which one I fed on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Oh, man. That's a real struggle. It really is. So I learned three things from this. The first one is I don't accept criticism very well. I know this, and you would think I would putting out fires for 13 years, owning a salon. We messed yeah. up a lot of people's hair, you know? Yeah. I'll be honest. So I can't take criticism very well. The second thing is someone said this to me, and I'll never forget it, is she says she said, why, why do you think you're so upset about it? And she said, because you're seeking validation that you did a good job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am, and I I have said we're cut from the same cloth, and I am very much the same way. My love language is affirmation. I like that pat on the head, you know? I like being that teacher's pet that says good job, Allison, you're doing a great job. Uh, That's all that I need is that validation. And when I do get, you know, a less than five-star review on, you know, Airbnb or VRBO from one of the properties that I take care of, then it cuts me to the core, even though I have a four point (laughs) nine, eight, nine, nine, nine overall rating over, you know, a hundred plus reviews on one particular property. I will feed on that for a week. And, you know, but one thing that comes out of that is the first step to, uh, being able to manage that well is to acknowledge it. Yes. You know, just like anything else. Yes. And I think that we're both in a good position that we recognize (laughs) that we're the same way. Yes. And it it is very important to realize that, okay... This is not a strength of mine. Some people, it is like a duck where it rolls right off their back. I know, and jealous. It is <laughs> It is not a problem at all. Um, but yeah, that is, that is a true... And I believe part of that is because when you're an entrepreneur and especially a solopreneur like ourselves, yep. that uh, we do feel like it all falls back on to us and yes. that people don't view it as a company evaluation there. We are feeling it as a personal evaluation. And that's very interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that I've definitely dealt with myself. (laughs)
1: Yes. I feel like the, you know, the seeking validation, like, just like you said, I'm a, to my core, I'm a people pleaser. So it cut me deep. But now that I feel like I'm getting older, or maybe it's just life experience, I feel like when people lash out at you, it's, it's less about you and more about them. Yeah. So the girl that took the class, I think like, in my mind, I'm like, what if you know she, she's going through a divorce and, yeah. or yeah. what if like, she's taking care of elderly parents? and she, everything got taken out on me. So at sure. the end of the day, I'm like, okay, it's less about you and more about them. And actually, what I deeply think is she was mad about taking the class that the state regulated. I have nothing to do with the oh, law, but they yeah. made it mandatory for the certain course. And I think that she was upset that she had to take it.
0: Sure. And I can see know. that where a lot of people say, you know, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. Why am I still having to take CEUs? Yes. You know, I, I'm sure that that's a, a common complaint yes. that people have is yes. um, that those are, but it is what it is. Yep. And Illinois is not the only place that requires that. Exactly.
1: So. And at the time, I put so much work and I jumped through so many loops. And at the time, the class was only offered in the Chicago area. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can save hairdressers time and money in a hotel and meals yeah. and bring it to Southern Illinois, charge a little bit more for convenience. Because yeah. at the time, they couldn't take it digital anyway. So I was doing all this prep work. I mean, it took me, it took me months to get all my ducks in a row. I had aerial views of the parking lot so they knew where to park. Wow. I was organized. Yeah. So the part that unorganized cut me deep. Real deep.
0: I can imagine that. But- <laughs> wow. Wow. So, okay, so going back, let's go back to the fact that you did come back from, yes. you know, experiencing the world in a lot of different places and you came back to Pinckneyville, yep. Illinois, which is just up the road from here, yep. uh, still Southern Illinois in that big general sense. Yes. Um, so what have you found to be beneficial there versus, um, you know, like you said, going to Oregon or going somewhere that you have never been before, staying in Fort Collins? Uh, what were What were some of the challenges? And then also what have been some of the benefits of doing that?
1: the benefits oh my gosh the support of the community like I don't remember a single person saying like oh you're you know you can't do that or it was like hey let me hook you up with the economic development person hey do you know there's grants available for facade if you want to redo the front of your salon ever so the overwhelming support of the community was huge yeah and I feel like so I, I sold my salon in 2021, but I moved to West Frankfurt four years ago because my husband works for Ameren. So we're always in the Marion area. So I feel like the support of the community, was huge, but I'm, I feel the same way here. Like I'm, I feel like I lost my street cred selling my salon and like, <laughs> nobody knows me here now. And I'm like, oh man, I have to start all over with. I really everything. don't think that's <laughs> the case, but yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling.
1: Yeah. So I think that with Russell, I talked to him a few weeks ago, and he's already connected me with so many people. So I think that the community is huge, the amount of support. I did write down like challenges, that one thing that I wanted to go over, and it's not necessarily a small town, but I felt like a few weeks ago, I was teaching in Chicago, was just west of the city. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in, I was I was actually teaching like a balayage class. And the girl said, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Southern Illinois. And she's like, what part? I said, from the Marion area. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So what do I do? I earn my credibility, right? I'm like, I have traveled around the world on a cruise ship. I've taken color mastery in New York, blah, blah, blah. After like 30 minutes of earning the right to speak, she's like, okay. So I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but i Feel like when you say you're from Seller, Illinois, like there's almost like a little lack of respect, and then you have to earn it, and then they're like, okay, oh. now. I mean, every break that I was on, she was like, "Tell me more about your business. Like, tell me more." And
0: I'm like, "Oh, now I've earned earned your trust." But that's I, really interesting because I don't think that we've brought up. I don't think any uh, small business has brought that up as a challenge. And but because you work so much. Outside of the area, I can see where that would be a um, a, a challenge of people dismissing your yeah. credibility because they think that you've only worked in small town USA. Yes, so yeah. very interesting,
1: right? And she, I think the the owner, she's from, grew up in the Chicago area, but she has a aunt that lived in like in a Jonesboro or something like that. Oh, so I'm like, oh, she knows the area, but it was still. Kind of judging, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Let me tell you,
0: I am qualified
1: to be here, ma'am. Yeah. And let me just show you. So I feel like that's maybe a challenge. I don't know. And maybe working with women, I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes as soon as you walk in, you know, they look you up, look you down. They already kind of make an assessment the first few Mm -hmm. minutes. So then after you say where you're from, maybe... That's maybe one of the challenges.
0: Wow, very interesting. Okay, so let's say that we have a group of, um, let's say we have a salon that is a good-sized salon. So there's multiple people at different booths, whether they rent out or you know, however the, pay- the, the business structure is, um, and there is an awkward dynamic so is that something that you also work with? Because I know that that's, that's one of the struggles, it seems like, as the salons get bigger. And as you said, a lot of them are predominantly female, and sometimes the, the different personalities can conflict. So is that something that you come in and help address with the leadership team and with the team as a whole? Absolutely. Wow. And okay. I think
1: that um, that's common because mm-hmm. st- statistic-wise in our industry, one out of three graduates will continue in our business. So I think that as salon owners, I think you take new talent right out of school and you train them and educate them, and then you teach them all these great things, and then they leave you, and it's like a breakup. Or you have all these group of girls that are an awesome team, but... You just have a little bit of miscommunication between the team, too. I think that that is very common. So, yes, I feel like there's multiple pillars to my coaching. Um, I can add value, whether it's leadership or the business side of, like, profitability. I can take a look at the numbers. One thing that I see as common is hairdressers, um, they don't really have a budget when it comes to, like, back bar supplies. So they'll just order whatever, lightener, color, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the day, they're like, oh, wait a minute, how much profit am I actually making? So I have a a budget guideline example, so it's actual numbers that they can take for instance, usually a back bar is like 6% of your overall income. So they can take what they've made in a month, times it by 6%, and that's their budget for the next week.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So I don't want you to give any of your secret sauce away, but are there, like, if there is one thing that a salon could implement today, what would you suggest that it would be? Oh, so many things
1: <laughs> oh. I mean the the heart of my business I can teach all those other things those are great but the heart of my business is to s- start saving your money for your future yeah because I, at the end of the day I don't want you working until your 80s sure because you financially have
0: to and to me I, I realized that it really isn't that hard I um, you know I met with my financial advisor and said, you know, I don't have a budget for this just yet. I plan to have one, but I want to start getting into the routine of having money going to it. So like when I first started out, it was $25 a month. Yes. Like that's it. Yep. 25. It's nothing that I'm going to miss. I, you know, I have spent that much in a drive through. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. You won't miss it. Yeah. So I'm not going to miss it. So I started there and you know we're gradually working towards a you know a very specific goal for the retirement, but you know even even twenty five dollars a month exactly just getting that started in a in a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or wherever your whatever your plan is yes um, and that's different for everybody so I won't push one way or the other but that's really interesting
1: yeah. I um uh, when I sit down the same thing especially when you're the younger stylist I feel like you know when you're 21 your future is like the last thing that you're thinking about like they're like yeah I'll retire when I'm 55 and it's like oh, yeah with what you know yeah. are you putting any money aside no I'll do it after I buy my first house I'll do it when you know after I have my children or you know it just seems like you put it off put it sure. off put it off but if I can help, and I mean I will help any anyone, but I'm like, oh my gosh, these young girls that are fresh out of school, they could easily have a million dollars by the time if they start at 21, yeah. just yeah, with that a little bit. interest,
0: exactly. Youth is on your side,
1: exactly.
0: As you can see, you can start anywhere. Yes. Right now, I'm close to 40, and I can start now. But boy, 20 years ago. That is, you know, compounding interest is on your side for sure. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So is there anything else that you wanted to go over that we haven't went over already? And I love storytelling, so if you have any more stories. Oh, yes, yes. Super excited about them.
1: Um, I... Well one thing I think you already you already asked me, but it's like what what's one thing that you could tell salon owners? But one thing that I could go back and talk to myself as a twenty three-year-old
0: oh yes. year old, mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, mm-hmm. is take more leadership classes. Yeah. Yeah, I should have
0: done that. Which we're offering those at Ethos. Yes. So yes. that is something to get a hold of Russell for if you're ever interested or if any of our listeners are ever interested in. Yes. Yeah, more leadership development. Yes. People management development. Yes. I think that's one of the things that I would I would need help with. Um, I yeah. love working for people. Working as a boss for people not my thing. Yes. I want to be one-on-one partnerships. Yep. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. I have I kind of pinpointed three things to leave the listeners. Um oh and I have uh, what I would like to see for Marion in the future. Yes, <laughs> I think Russell thinks I'm crazy when I was telling him some of these things. He's like, "Okay." He was writing them down. I was like, "Maybe they're good ideas. I don't know, but it's worth a shot." So, um, Kansas City. I was just traveling, and they have this new thing. It's a dog bar, and what you do is you bring your dogs, and they run around, and you can have like any. They have like fifty brews on tap but I feel like before I met my husband, which was 10 years ago, I had a really hard time meeting guys in a small town. Like, I don't know, I feel like we open a dog bar, but it could also be kind of like a singles meet and greet. You all bring your dogs, they play, and then you can maybe spark a conversation with somebody new.
0: So is it almost like a fenced in beer garden? Yes. Oh my goodness, that's fun. With
1: the little ramps and stuff, dogs can run up and yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. I was just in Kansas City not that long ago. I totally missed the dog bar, and <laughs> yes. now I feel like I need to come back. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Um, the next one's a little crazy, but I don't care. I think we should have a giant something in Marion. You know how like there's a, like a giant frying pan or a giant something. I think we should have a sasquatch. Yeah, you know we can make like a. 200 foot or whatever tall the tower is like make a giant Sasquatch and then the like hashtag sasquatch Southern Illinois I don't know
0: I love that idea <laughs> so I'm originally from Central Illinois and most people know Casey Illinois as the home of the giant things you know yes and if you're not familiar with it you need to google cans or sorry uh, Casey Illinois and you'll see giant mailbox, like literally you can (laughs) sit in the mailbox and take pictures, you know. There's all sorts of things. That's very fun. I
1: always think of Collinsville with the ketchup bottle. You know, they have a huge water I think it's a water tower, I think that's a ketchup bottle. I'd like, yeah, we need a Sasquatch. And then the third thing is like more women entrepreneur events. I feel like um and maybe it's I feel Like maybe it's my age. A lot of my friends, I feel like have children. So it's hard for me. I I love networking events. So I just flew to Austin, Texas a few months ago to go to this kind of women's conference. And I met so many other women that were all, all were around the same age. And I'm like, gosh, I feel like I want a bigger community of women entrepreneurs that can get together.
0: I have had this conversation with Uh, two other female entrepreneurs in the area where we have been brainstorming of what that would look like or potentially look like. So I would like to bring you into that conversation and maybe we can get something off the ground pretty soon.
1: Yeah, awesome, awesome. So that's my Marian things. And then I have three things for the listeners. So. Let us have them. The first one is... Don't let anybody tell you you can't be successful in a small town. Amen. Right? Yeah. One of my biggest events was here in Marion. Like, I have hosted in Collinsville, Marion, all the other areas, but my most profitable and my largest attendance was in Marion. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Congratulations, too. Thanks. Thanks.
1: The second one is a new quote that I just found, and I love it so much. It's by Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Yes. <laughs> It says, "If you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked, I don't want your feedback."
0: Ooh, right? that's a that's a good one, <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: I feel like a lot of people have advice for business owners that have never owned a business. Not saying that you can't give advice, but you know, yeah. I think that's a valuable thing. And just at the end of the day, that quote helped me. So maybe it would yeah. help one of our listeners. I say our, like, it's you know, it's your show, but
0: (laughs) it's our show today.
1: (laughs) And then the last one is by Henry Ford. I love this quote. It says, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't or think you can't, you're right.
0: Absolutely. 100%. And I've always thought about that one. Yeah, man, Sarah, I feel like we could go on for another hour. Yes. I absolutely do. I guess we'll have to take it offline and, and have some <laughs> avocado toast and, yes. and enjoy each other's company later on. Um, so I, I truly, truly want to thank you for uh, sharing with us your story. How, what is the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Yes. Yes.
1: Facebook is my favorite platform, but I am on all the things. My website is my salon, my salon My Instagram is Sarah underscore mysalonfreedom, And then on Facebook, it is salon freedom.
0: Okay. Sarah with an H. Yes. All right. So salon or Sarah underscore my salon freedom on Instagram. Yep. And then my salon freedom on Facebook. Yes. And my salon For the website. Yep. Oh, man, this has been great. And I have a feeling that you're going to have a few people outreach to you that's been listening today saying, let's do this. Let's get my business on track. And that's very exciting. Uh, So I want to thank everybody for listening today. And I also want to thank, again, our business sponsors. We couldn't do this without you. Fowler Heating and Cooling. Arcadia Wealth Management, Black Diamond, Harley-Davidson and RV, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, Swim for Media, and Union Street Arts. You can join our small town big business community anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are also on YouTube. You can see both of us and today, my very blonde, almost yellow hair <laughs> <laughs> on this episode, if you want to see us in person. And when you subscribe, you will miss, you will not miss upcoming episodes that are released every two weeks. I am your host today, Allison Hassler with Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals. Thank you so much again for listening. Have a wonderful day.